It is again a great day to be together to worship God. As God gave us the opportunity and also the example, we see on the first day of the week, the early Christians came together. And so we likewise are here today. As I look out, we see that we have many of our members that are gone, whether it be because of fall break or uh, whatever it might be. Though we have many of our, our members gone, we have many visitors that are here that, that fill in the spaces. I'd like to make mention of one special visitor today, uh, Miss Joanne McGee, sitting up here at the front. This, this past week, Mike and I were, were able to visit with her on Friday, and Friday she made, made the statement that she would like to be restored to the church. And that, that happened this Friday, and we are thankful to God that we can call her a sister in Christ. So following services, if you get a chance, be sure to meet Miss Joanne, and you see the whole host of family along with her, so we're so thankful to have you all here today. Today, as we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll be starting in verse 4 through verse 10, we'll notice God's special person. I told Miss Harley Burnham that, that the sermon today was going to be about her, but in fact, this sermon is about each one of us individually. As humankind, we are God's special person. God had a special plan for you. But the special thing is, that plan that was special about you is the same plan that's special about me. God had a plan from the very beginning that you would be a part of the church. That's God's desire from the very beginning was that when Christ came and he gave his life, that mankind could be saved through it. A very common verse memorized by many, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. It doesn't exclude me. It doesn't exclude you. It doesn't exclude those out on the street. God so loved the world, every person, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God had a plan for you, his special person. God had a plan that you would be in the church. God had a plan that you would find salvation in Christ. If you would be turning in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2 and we'll begin in verse 4 talking about that, our foundation, that chief cornerstone, that stone with life. Notice verse 4, it says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes in him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become that chief cornerstone. If you go back to verse 4, Notice it says, coming to him as to a living stone. We have something sort of here that, that disputes. You've got an oxymoron where it's a stone that it says is living. Now this stone is actually, if you look up the original meaning, this stone is a perfect stone. 
This stone is shaped just as exactly and precisely as it can be. It is the perfect stone to be the corner of a building, of a foundation. It's the origination of the building that was built, which we'll see as we, we notice in this, this instance, it's talking about the building, the church. Not the building that we meet in, but in fact the spiritual building, the people that make it up, the church which belongs to Christ. It says coming to him as to a living stone. We've got a stone that has life, but not only is this stone filled with life, but that stone transfers life on. Notice verse four. It says, uh, verse 5, it says you also as living stones. The point is we get our life in Christ. As we go, go throughout the lesson today, we'll, we'll have three main points we'll notice first. Christ, the chosen stone. Second, we'll notice that we have the church, the chosen people. And fourth, the crown, the chosen reward. First, the chosen stone, Christ. Christ is the living stone behind that of the church. He is the life, the lifeblood that keeps us alive, the breath from day to day that we enjoy. Christ is the life within the church. If it wasn't for him, there would be nothing. Notice verse 4, it, it talks about that living stone. Christ, as the cornerstone, is the most important building block of the church. There is nothing greater than that. As you build, as you build things, you'll notice the very beginning is the most important. If it's not square from the beginning, the whole house will be weakened. Because it, it isn't built on that square, that perfect that grand foundation. Notice also in John chapter 5 verse 26 it says for as the father hath life in himself he said he passed it on so Jesus hath that life in him. Jesus hath, hath that same life in himself. He's that life that will transfer on to the church. Again in Acts chapter 3 verse 15 he's referred to as the prince of life. If we want life it's only found in Christ. The chosen stone. The perfect building block from the beginning. Christ is the living stone behind the church. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. He is the original building block by which the church is built. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 says, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophet, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, the most important piece. Everything else is built around him. Notice, if you would, in Acts chapter 4, verse 11, says this, the stone which was set at naught by the builders is become the chief of the corner. Notice Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Notice the beginning there, there at verse 11, it said, The builder which was set at naught, it was set aside, we talked about this stone. In the original, the, the word for the stone that's actually used there is not Petra, which we would normally uh, consider the stone, but it's a stone that was perfect. It was known for being the best of the best. The stone which was set at naught. Though this stone was the best rock they could find, they rejected it. They put it to the side and they said, that's not what we want. It was the same thing when Christ was here. That's why it's used as the parallel. Jesus Christ was the perfect person, the best of the best. But he was set aside. 
He was put to the side and they said, oh, we'll find something else. We'll have a different Messiah. Matter of fact, they said, we'll stick to the law. We'll stick to that, what mother and father did. We'll stick to the law of Moses, which we know, which actually pointed to Christ. But if you see Christ, the cornerstone, the foundation, the most important part, Christ is that chosen stone. But Christ is a stone which was rejected. He was set at naught. He was set to the side. He was rejected by men. Actually, this is a quotation of Psalm chapter 118. If, you, if you're looking at verse 6, it says, Therefore, it is also contained in the Scripture, Psalm 118, uh, verse 22. Sorry, verse 7 is, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 6 is also a quotation from Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. The cornerstone, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes in him will by no means be put to shame. Verse 7, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And verse 8, a stone, a stumbling, and a rock of offense. This perfect rock, this, this rock that was made just for them, that was the perfect fit, the perfect starter for this building was set aside. They said, we don't want it. We don't want anything to do with it. He's not our king. In fact, if you look at John chapter 19, verse 3, the rejection that they say is he's, as he's there, they say in mockery, they say, Hail, king of the Jews. He said, he ain't our king. In fact, they disputed with Pilate when he put the inscription on the, the sign, king of the Jews. They didn't want anything to do with him. They rejected him. Though he was perfect, they put him to the side and they said, we don't want anything to do with him. Christ was the chosen stone, the perfect building block. He fulfilled the scriptures in that of being the Messiah. But next we have the church, which was his chosen people. The chosen group, God's special person. God had a desire, a desire that all, all would be a part of that blood-bought church. We are living stones. Notice back in verse 5. It said, you also as living stones, being built up a spiritual house. We are the building blocks for the church. You get your foundation, Christ, and we as members are built up. We make up the church. Not the building that we're meeting in, but rather it's the spiritual building that we physically are. We are a part of the church that makes up that special group of people. We are God's special person. You also as living stones, getting our life through Christ, being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. We today are that spiritual priesthood. Talk about the specific jobs of the, the priesthood. They were the servants that offered the sacrifices. Now today, it's on us. We're that special person. We're that group of people that are his priesthood. We're the ones that offer up the spiritual sacrifices to God. In fact, in worship today, we do just that as we sing praises to our God, as we pray to our Father, as we study his word, as we give. Each of these things is fulfilling our spiritual commandment as part of the priesthood to live for him, to give our spiritual sacrifices to God. We as living stones find our life in Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. We get our life through him. 
John chapter 11, verse 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. We get our life through Christ. Ye is living stones. Not only are we living stones that get our life in Christ, but we are purchased. We're purchased to be a part of his church. We're purchased to be a part of that physical or that, that spiritual building, which is his church. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his, which are God's. We want to glorify God with that which he purchased. He purchased our spiritual sacrifice to him with his life. He gave it all because you're his special person. Because God loves you so much that he had a desire that you would live for him. As God's chosen person, not only have, been, have we been purchased, but when he purchased us, he called us out of the world. He called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He called us to be living for him. Romans chapter 8, verse 20, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, those that are called according to his purpose. What was the purpose of God? His purpose was from the beginning that all would go to Christ. That all would look to Christ. And in fact, he says it was foreordained before the world began. Christ had a purpose for us. If you look at John chapter 17, verse 17, the word there is sanctify, which means physically set them apart. Make them different than the world. Set them apart. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We are called out of the world. We are set apart from the world because we live by the book. If we live according to his commands, if we live according to the truth, we're different. We're different than the world. There's something special that is about us. We're God's special person. Not only are we called out of the world, but we're called to be united as God's people. Notice back in our main text in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10. Here it says, Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We, as the group that we are, we are a special people. In my favorite movie of all time in Ice Age, as they're walking around, you've got Diego... You've got Sid the Sloth and you've got Manny or Manfred the Elephant. And they're all going together and Sid the Sloth, as crazy as he is, he always says something about, we're in the herd. We're a group. And they say, well, this is the funniest looking herd I've ever seen. The herd that they see in Ice Age is not a herd that you would expect. We as human beings are not, are not maybe blood relatives. But in verse 10, the point is, who were not a people, but are now a people. I've got many people that are my family, brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called out of the world. Not Jew, not Greek, not Gentile, not, not any of those things, but we are Christians. We're a family, a blood-bought family to live for God. We as a family were chosen to be a group, to be a special people. We now are the priesthood. 
Romans chapter 9, verse 24 said, Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews, but also of the Gentiles. The two groups, which included the entire world, you were either a Jew or a Gentile, the two groups came together as one. What was so special here is the Jews before this had been God's special people. There wasn't anybody else. If you weren't born a Jew, you didn't make it. You weren't part of the elect. You weren't part of that, that group, that core group. But now there's something better. God's plan is all men everywhere to repent. All men everywhere to be a part of that church. There's no, there's no restrictions now other than those that believe. Any person can be a part of that special group of God's special people. We are in the eternal plan. And in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, as you're looking there in the garden and uh, Adam and Eve have just been in the garden and it says as they sinned, they were, they were disciplined. And in verse, verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3, it says, and it shall bruise his head. The seed of Eve was going to come back to haunt Satan like none other. When it says bruise, the, the actual word actually means a, a death blow. It was a crushing blow to the head of Satan. What was it that came through Eve, the, the promise? What was it fulfilled that, that was the death blow to Satan? It was the fact that Jesus Christ came. When Jesus Christ was born and he died on the cross and he rose again, there was a death blow to Satan. Because now mankind could be saved. Through the blood of Christ, because Jesus had, because Jesus had lived the perfect life, and then he gave his life for us. All men could be saved. That sounds like a pretty special person to me. God thinks you're special enough and that he gave his son. Jesus thinks he, you're special enough and that he gave his life. While he was here, he gave it all, not only living perfectly, but then he was killed for it. He is the perfect stone, though he was rejected by man, fulfilled his his job. He fulfilled what he had to do. I mentioned earlier 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 20. We didn't look at it, but 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 20, I'll read it. It says, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Foreordained. Before the world even began, there was a plan that Jesus Christ was going to give his life for you. There was a plan that Jesus Christ would come and he would live on this earth so that you could be saved. Because God wanted you in heaven with him. We are in the eternal plan, the church. God had a plan for us because you are special. You are important to him, but it's up to us to make that step. It's up to us to be the ones that believe. It's up to us to be the ones that follow his word. John 14 verse 15, as Jesus makes the plea, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, if you really truly want to put me first, he said, keep my commandments. Do the things which I say. He gave it all and now it's on us. Am I going to be God's special person? He's already chosen you to be his special person. The question is, are we going to take advantage of it? We have the chosen stone, Jesus Christ. We have the chosen people, the church. Now we'll notice the chosen reward, the crown. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the Apostle Paul knew of the crown. 
And he knew he was going to be ready. He wanted nothing less than to go home and to be with the Father. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he said, Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, not for me only, but for all them who love his appearing. All those that live for God have that crown waiting. They have something waiting because there's something better in store. There's a home in heaven. Notice back in our main text in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse We'll start in verse 9. At the end of verse 9, it says, Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's a home awaiting. Jesus, the light, is there. In John 14, he promised that he went and he prepared a place for us. And he also said, And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself. My purpose is that you can be there. I, as the light, want to take you to heaven. Take you to the Father. Verse 10, it says, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but look, now they have mercy. Now, now there is mercy, now have obtained mercy. That mercy is going to grant them that crown, that eternal reward. As God's special person, you have a task at hand. Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he said, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course henceforth. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, as he's talking to Timothy, uh, Timothy, the, the young, young person, he says his, his, his son in the faith. He says, this charge I commit unto thee, Timothy. And at the end he says, that thou war a good warfare. You work for the Lord. You fight the battle so that you can receive the reward in the end. We've got to be like Paul in that we can know that because we've been fighting for God, because we've been working on his behalf, that we've got a home in heaven. As God's special person, you can be prepared. You can know that you'll have salvation because you're living for Him. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, it says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that ye have eternal life. There is eternal life in Jesus. And you can know it if you're living for Him says, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Those that are obedient to Him, those that are living for Him, are assured they can know that they have salvation in Christ. As God's special person, finally you have a reward that's awaiting. There's a home in heaven. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 says, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, but it was for a, it was for a purpose. What was the purpose? And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. There it is. There it is. He shall appear the second time. Why? Unto salvation. Because that's where he wants you. Christ has done his part. You as God's special person have to do your part. If we want to live for God, it comes down to what are we going to do. God's already... Sin is son. Christ has already given his life. But my question is today, as God's special person, have you chosen to live for him? As Timothy was told, have you cho chose to war a good warfare? 
all the hard work's been done. Now it comes to you. Are we going to do our part so that we can earn the eternal reward, so that we can have the crown of righteousness? Today, I sure hope so. If there's one that, he, that is here that hasn't put, put their, their desire, their life in Christ as the living stone, getting your life through him, what life are we talking about? We're talking about spiritual life. We're talking about the new birth, following baptism. We're talking about being cleansed by the blood of Christ. If you've put your life in him and his life is in you, you have true life. I see many people here and I know that, I know your brain's still working. I know your heart is still beating. But spiritually, I have no idea. That comes down to you. You make sure that you're living for God as God's special person. If you haven't been baptized into Christ, I encourage you to do that today. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, as we mentioned earlier, it said, neither is there salvation in any other. But there's no other name under heaven, even among men, whereby we must be saved. There's one way to be saved. Christ is that way. If you haven't been baptized, baptized into Christ, do as they were once told. I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Change. Make a change in your life. Just recently this week, Miss McGee, as I mentioned, said, I want to be restored to the church. God has promised that he'll forgive us of our sins. If you need that, if you need to be restored to the church, we want to help you. If we can help you in your spiritual walk with Christ, I encourage you, don't wait another day. Behold, today is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. If you have a need in your spiritual life, if you would like to be restored to the church or if you need to be baptized into Christ, we'll do it the same way they did in Acts chapter 2. Repent and be baptized. If you need to make that change, do it today. Do it right now as we stand and sing the song of